0: This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and bell, rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next. Another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com.
1: I can't Welcome back, folks, to another edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Brand, and I have one guest lined up for the show today. UFC light heavyweight Misha Surkinov. He's a Canadian. He stepped inside the octagon in the very first fight of the night this past Saturday night at UFC Fight Night 74. He got her done in impressive fashion in just under one round's time. ...against Daniel Jolly. He knocked him out. What a great performance for Misha Serkinov. And I will chat with him a little later on. It is fight week for Bellator this week. Friday night, Melvin Gillard steps in against Brandon Gertz... ...at Bellator 141 from Temakula, California. Also on the card, Petriki Friere against Sa Awad... ...as well as Justin Wren makes his return to the cage... In almost, I have no idea how long, actually. But he returns from the Congo. He's been doing a ton of media this week. And he will take on Josh Burns. Uh, Marlos Kunin takes on Arlene Blankowa on this fight card as well. It's a great one. This Friday night, Bellator 141 Live on Spike TV. So without further ado, let's get right into Sometimes these things happen in MMA For the week of August 22nd through 28th Here we go, here you have it This past weekend's UFC Fight Night 74 main event Ended in a bit of awkward fashion Um, Max Holloway got the victory But it was due to a torn esophagus by Charles Oliveira He was forced to call it quits in the very first round Two fighters retired this week after being victorious at UFC Fight Night 74, Frankie Perez announced his retirement in his post-fight speech, and on UFC Tonight it was announced that Canadian Jordan Meehan was hanging up the gloves as well. Alexis Davis will be out of action until sometime in 2016, but not due to injury. Instead, because she's pregnant. So congratulations to her and her husband. WSOF exec Ali Abdelaziz told MMA Fighting's Ariel Helwani earlier this week that Melvin Gillard is a world champ tapper and he sucks. Yes, he was a former WSOF employee, so Ali Abdelaziz knows him fairly well. Chad Mendes versus Frank Yeager is set for the main event of the Tough 22 finale in December. Finally, Alistair Overeem versus Junior Dos Santos has been announced. This one has been a long time coming. It is the co-main event at UFC on FOX 17. TMZ spoke with both Misha Tate and Chris Cyborg, and they both believe they have been screwed by the UFC because Holly Holm will get the next crack at Ronda's belt. Now, in an interview on the Joe Rogan Experience, UFC Vice President of Health and Performance, Jeff Nowitzki, the same guy that took Balco down, said that UFC fighters must deal location at all times or they will face consequences. This is crazy. Uh, Talk about some sort of CIA um, stuff going on here. Let's get right into fight announcements. Tiago Alves versus Benson Henderson is official for UFC Fight Night Korea. And Mirko Kokop also says he's on that card. He's fighting against Anthony Hamilton. Stefan Struve versus Jared Roschalt is set for UFC 193. Joe Proctor versus Magomed Mustav. Added to UFC 194, Nate Diaz finally gets back inside the octagon against Michael Johnson in a pivotal lightweight match at UFC on FOX 17. And finally, Brandon Vera returns to the one championship cage to take on Chai Lewis Perry at one championship 35. That does it for this edition of Sometimes These Things Happen in MMA. Now sit back, relax, and listen to my interview with UFC light heavyweight... Misha Surkinov. This man made his Octagon debut just a week back at UFC Fight Night 74 in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Please welcome Misha Sirkonov to Sucker Radio. Misha, thanks for joining me today, man.
2: Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, just to explain to people what it felt like to finally make your way into the octagon i know it's been a long time coming but just what was the experience like walking out to the cage being first up you know all those things were there jitters inside of you just explain the whole experience
2: um you know obviously like you know uh debut um i was very very excited but yet like you know i kind of like try not let anything bother me and uh, not too much excitement. I'm just trying to concentrate on the job that I need to do. You know, it's a tough fight. You know, it was a good opponent. Uh, very athletic, very strong guy, and uh, you know, big show and uh, just very excited. You know, like I tried to just you know do my job. But having said that, you know, the crowd was awesome. You know, a lot of people. Even though it was the first fight, a lot of people already there and uh, you know gave me like a good energy. The crowd was really into it, and just, it was awesome experience in general, you know?
1: Do you feel that as you're walking out to the cage? I mean, a lot of people tune out what's in the crowd. Do, do you take that all in and, and bring that in with you to the cage? Like, if a crowd is booing you, um, do you feel that as well?
2: You know, like, um, every time I fought, every time I would walk out, kind of, you, you, people would just be like, you know, like, some people would boo, some people would be, like, excited, you know, but... It's my first time when, uh, even before I came out of the cage, people were kind of like, you know, saying my name. Like, I heard people already yelling, like, Misha, Misha. <laughs> and uh, kind of that never happened before. Like, you know, especially before I walked out. So, you know, it was kind of like, I felt like really, really good energy. The fans uh, and Tuskatoon they were like really amazing, you know. It was like the first fight and they were ready really really into uh into the fight you know they really wanted to kind of see a good scrap already so i don't know i i felt like a good energy first time before the fight usually like i i just zone out and stuff but the fans were awesome i couldn't kind of like avoid like you know not hearing like them cheering my name and I got really into it. It was, it was
1: awesome. Speaking of zoning out, I mean, I know I know you spoke with media after the fight, and you said, yeah, it was awesome to be, not only win my Octagon debut, but be the first person to win in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in, in a UFC fight. So that's pretty big as well. Um, speaking of being in the zone, like, when you win a fight, especially at this caliber, um, how long does it really take to sink in? Like, did it sink in initially after you had won, or is it something that a couple days after the fact, you're like, oh my God, I just won a UFC fight?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, for example, like, before the fight, you know, I was thinking, okay, like, if I win, you know, like, I always jump in a cage, I'm always kind of, like, really excited, and I was just, like, trying to tell myself, oh, you know, if you win, just, like, don't jump in a cage, and <laughs> just, you know, I just do in the interview, but... I couldn't control it, you know, like after, you know, after you win, 'cause because it's, it, it's a fight, you know, it's really tough. And after that, it's just such a big relief. And I couldn't really control myself. I was just so happy. I just wanted to jump in the cage and kind of be like, yeah, you know, all this work, all this hard work kind of like, you know, paid off. And here it is. There's the finish line and you already won. And you are just like realizing the moment as you kind of like celebrating. And it's hard not to celebrate, you know.
1: What was it like the days after? I mean, the the fanfare must have been great. Your friends and family and whatnot. Your phone must have erupted.
2: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's the first time when um, you know after the fight, I kind of felt like a real, like a real kind of social media wave, and just you know, a lot of a lot of people like tuned into this fight, especially you know, because it's like a big show and. Uh, it was easy to uh, access to watch the fight, so a lot of people seen it, and a lot of people been like messaging me, like congratulating. Uh, even like some of my mom's friends, you know, they were like messaging me, which is, it's cool, you know, it's like, uh, it's awesome. Like I experienced that before, but not on this kind of level. It was definitely a lot uh, more than uh, than usual
1: yeah for sure now before we speak about the fight itself just talk us through the progression getting to this point because I know yourself your manager Pat Wilson as well as a lot of the other Canadian media and fans and whatnot have been pushing to get you inside the octagon I mean it's been a long time coming just talk about the progression there like how did this come about that you finally got the call to get inside the Octagon?
2: Yeah, you know, it's just uh, just staying focused and training and training and getting better and, uh, you know, working on one day at a time and concentrating on like one opponent at a time. Meanwhile, you still have that goal to be in a big show and uh, hoping that gonna be called. It's a it's a long journey and it's a really cool experience in general. And now that you now they did invite me and they did uh call me, a lot of people were kinda like um you know, they were expecting me to perform and they're expecting me you know, to win. Even though I fought like an undefeated guy, you know, who's five and oh as a pro three you know the amateur. So kinda eight and oh guy, very tough and people expecting me to perform really, really well. So I had to kind of leave up to uh, to a game plan. So, and I I was able to do that, and it was kind of like you know a really good uh, kind of finish. You know, like I end up winning exactly what people are kind of expected and putting up a good fight and it was just awesome.
1: Do you think that the fact that you've been as active as you have this year, I mean, you've had two fights prior to this UFC, um, debut. It, it's pretty much your most active year since very early in your career. Did that make a difference when it, when it came to getting noticed by the UFC?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, UFC, they just want to see you kind of like being active in general. And, uh, you know, they, that's exactly what they want to see. They want to see me like uh, beat one of the you know veterans, and then I was able to defend the title. On top of that, after beating the veteran, and kind of like put up a good uh, streak going. You know, that's like the, this was my fifth fight in a row. Kind of like where I ended, and in the first round too. So that all that helps, you know, because like uh, all those things I up and finally like I'm in a big show and. I was able to live up to the hype, and uh, it was just a really good weekend, you know.
1: So you defeated Daniel Jolly, who was a late replacement for Sean O'Connell. Um, a lot of people thought O'Connell was definitely a tougher test for you. Would you agree with this, and did it change up your game plan at all when you found out that Jolly was stepping in for him?
2: You know, Sean O'Connell, he definitely has more fights, Um and every fight, like, you know, it's really hard to say, oh, this guy's tougher than this guy, because reality is they never fought, you know, like, uh, all I know is I I fought like a completely undefeated guy. He doesn't know how to lose. So he, there was already something really tough in that fight already. But having said that, you know, Sean O'Connell fought more times, so he he, he should be more experienced, if anything. So I don't know. I don't know who's a tougher guy, but uh, you know, if UFC wants to keep that fight going and set that fight up, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. I kind of like try to be ready to fight anyone, and uh, whatever it is, I'll try to uh, work on that test and I'll try to uh, score good, good, good scores. You know.
1: So that fight does still make sense to you, even though you you defeated Daniel Jolly at UFC Fight Night 74, a fight with Sean O'Connell.
2: Um, I mean, whatever works for UFC, you know, I just know that the fight was supposed to happen. So I don't know if they're still going to try to set that fight up because, uh, you know, Sean O'Connell, he's rated pretty high in the the rankings and, you know, eventually that's what I want to do. I want to climb those rankings too. You know, um, I want to slowly kind of like, um, get, get a better, uh, scores and rankings and to push closer to one day fighting, you know, uh, maybe even top 10 guys, right?
1: For sure. Now, you, you finished this fight in 4 minutes, 45 seconds, very first round, knockout. Were you surprised that, that this exciting fight that kicked off the night didn't get noticed for performance of the night honors?
2: Um. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's hard to kind of, you know, judge, oh, my fight, you know, another fight, you know, I think my fight was better and performance and this and that, like, it's not really up to me to do to judge. In my opinion, you know, this fight was very very tough. Like I mean, even though we're both newcomers in the UFC, you know, our uh, kind of like we had a lot of fights. You know, he had, he's like eight and zero, and I'm nine and two. And it's big guys, both in shape, and they're trying to like kill each other. So, in my opinion, it's a really really kind of big fight for me personally. But uh, it's not up to me kind of decide which fight was better, you know, because there was other awesome fights, and um, you know it's not up to me to decide uh, who should get the bonus or not. But I mean, if it was up to me, I would have to give it <laughs> to to myself. Were
1: Were you thinking that after you had that finish, though? Were you thinking, "Damn, that's got to be up there"?
2: Uh, I think so. Yeah, you know, because it's uh, it's kind of really, really a high stakes fight. Um, you know, and, uh, it was pretty dominant and, uh, it was a, a really nice finish and the whole crowd was going pretty crazy. Like, you know, I was able to hype up the whole entire, like, you know, the whole crowd. So, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think it was a really, really good fight. Like, that's what I said before, you know, like in an interview, like I, I give exciting fights, you know, like, uh, I will get the whole crowd into it because it's going to be, you know, like a lot of fast uh, paced action and anything can happen. You can, you can get ended standing up or it can get uh, ended on the ground. I'm not going to be looking to just like grind out a decision or anything like that. You know, I always try to go for the finish, you know.
1: Now you've, you've finished your octagon debut. You've been in and out of there. The jitters from that debut are obviously done. When would Misha Sirkunov like to get back inside the octagon? Would you like another fight before this calendar year is done?
2: uh yeah that's you know one of those things i was kind of um even before the fight uh, i i was i was looking at different uh how many times the fighters and the new fighters how many times we fight and all that and i just thought you know this year was so good and you know this is i already finished my third fight and they're all in the first round and um it was like a UFC veteran, and I fought for the belt, I fought for the title, defended the, the title. So it was kind of really packed and exciting year, and I thought, you know, I already have three in, and it'd be nice maybe to uh, have another one, another fight in December, sometime like December 12th or something like that this <laughs> year. And that'll be four fights uh, this year, and that'll be like my busiest year. And that was just, uh, you know, a very productive year, and might as well get the momentum going. So I was hoping, uh, to compete and perform and show another, uh, exciting fight for everybody. Uh, maybe sometime this December, you know,
1: that'd be awesome. We, we obviously we'd love to see you back inside the Octagon. Um, what is there any certain place? I mean, the UFC has, is traveling the world. Now, obviously Latvia is a place that you would love to fight in front of, um, any other places, um, around the globe that you'd like to travel to, to show off your fighting skills? Uh, yeah,
2: actually, you know, a lot of times I competed in Canada and, uh, you know, I would love to compete in, uh, maybe Las Vegas, you know, that's one of those places where, uh, you know, I, I lived there a little bit and I trained there and, uh, I competed there as well. And, you know, it's one of the, it's like a Vegas is like a fight capital of the world. Like a lot of big fights happen over there and I, you know, they're going to, I uh, like a, a pretty big event, like December 12th, I believe. And uh, it's just like one of those places I would love to fight, you know, uh, Las, Las Vegas. And just the dates work out perfect. And it's just a really cool place to fight. You know, one of those casinos, NGM Grand, or remember Bay. Like I mean, that would be like my dream, you know, because, you know, it might be in my like, opinion, Vegas, is kind of like the capital of the world. So I'd, I'd love to fight there.
1: That would be awesome. Now, I want to move away from the fights and, and, and stuff like that. I know one of the things you get noticed for most is, is your physique. You're rather muscular and big, and uh, not many 205ers are as jacked as you are. Now, have you always been this big? Have, have you always been a big guy? Like Growing up, were you, were you the big kid in school, or, or did you have to work very, very hard to get this physique?
2: No, you know, like, I remember when I came to Canada, I was always, I was a lot bigger than uh, uh, most of the kids, and by the age of pretty much, like, 13, 14, I was already, uh, like, 6'2", you know, almost 6'3", and, uh, like, all I would do, because since I came to Canada, I would just go to the gym and train and do judo, you know, I didn't really have that many friends, I was just, like, I was really into the sport, and all my friends and a lot of people that I met, they were all kind of athletes. And it's just something I was doing since I was really young. And I got introduced to, like, power weight lifting pretty early in, like, grade 10 with um, Mitchell Chevallo, George uh um, son, one of the famous Canadians, George Chavalo. So, you know, I
1: was always kind of, like, muscular and uh,
2: always kind of lifting weights, always being active since I was pretty young.
1: Now being active is a good thing. Uh, would you like to travel uh not the world, but would you like to travel from different gym to gym? I mean, I know you're associated with extreme couture, but are there are there other gyms and, and fighters out there that you would like to train with to hone your skills Ah uh, yeah, for
2: sure like uh, in in Ontario, I really like going to Guelph university um, they They have really good wrestling team in my opinion probably. For the heavy, for the bigger guys, probably the best in the province, for sure. Um, they have guys like you know Corey Jarvis. He's a Pan American uh, silver, uh, silver medal uh, for heavyweight. Um, they have some other guys like Jeremy, 96 kilo. It's just a tough general. Uh, room in general, Too bad is a little bit far. It's kind of like an hour and a half drive, so not really convenient. An hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. But uh, that's definitely another place where uh, I do go and they have awesome uh, 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 coaches there. You know, Dave Garvin and all the guys are really cool there. So, yeah, I wish they were a little bit closer, but that's definitely one of the other places uh, that I I like to go to besides extreme couture.
1: Do you have any dream locations like dream gyms or, or fighters that you would like to train with?
2: Um. I mean, like my dream trading partners, it would be somebody like, you know, Fabrice Everdoum. Like he's a, obviously he's a champion and he's uh, bigger than me and he's heavier. So, and he's really, really skilled. So I feel like uh, he'll be like the best trading partner. You know, he'll be able to beat me up and kind of <laughs> keep me focused and motivated even more. And definitely I'll be able to learn like a bunch of things from him. So uh, if anything, I would love to train with uh, Fabrice Verdun.
1: Now, finally, before I let you go here, as I said, it was a long road to get you to the UFC octagon. Was it all it was cracked up to be?
2: Uh, it was you, you know, it was a long, long journey to octagon, but it's, it's something that you have to expect. You cannot expect things uh, easy and kind of free. You know? Everything in his life you have to uh, work for. And I believe if you work really hard and if you really want it, that anything is possible.
1: He is Misha Sirkunov. He defeated Daniel Jolly at UFC Fight Night 74. He hopes to get back in the octagon later this year. Misha, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe.
2: Uh, you know, people uh, can check. Uh, I'm, I'm working on my uh, Instagram a lot more. It's uh, MishaC911 and also uh, on a Twitter at uh, uh, Misha underscore Sirkinov. Uh So yeah, if anyone wants to follow me, that would be awesome. And thanks a lot for having me on your show.
1: For sure, Misha. Thanks a lot for being on the show. And hopefully we get to see you later on this year inside the Octagon again, man.
2: Awesome. Thanks a lot. And I'll definitely put up another great start for you. Thanks a lot.
1: He is Misha Serkinov. That was awesome. So December 12th, UFC. You heard it here. He wants to get back inside the Octagon. That about does it for this episode of Sucker Radio. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Misha Surkinov for joining us. And thank you to my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com. Check them out for all your championship belt needs. And if you're in the need for a brand new jujitsu gi, check out bckimonos.ca. I've got a great review of the comp. 450l blue edition over at mmasucker.com so check that out and check out floathouse.ca for all your sensory deprivation needs Make sure you like MMA sucker on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at MMA sucker You can check me out on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. And with
0: that, I am out. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude. And now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis. Studied the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight. This ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as so when we collaborate. Mikey Rock is me brand as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's, or it's the radio, it's the it's the radio. Sucker sucker radio. It's, or it's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.